Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. And if you're listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, the Knicks win in blowout fashion, one twenty eight to one oh six. Um, really fun game, really fun game. Just like good vibes all around. Um, a really good RJ game, which you know has been something that we haven't been able to say all that much often lately. Um, so we'll get into that. Good um, Randall game, good Mitchell Robinson game, pretty decent um, Brunson bounce back game. Grimes hit some nice shots, um, hit some threes. Um, quickly and Hart doing their thing off the bench as a nice little dynamic duo, um, you know. And we even got to see Derrick Rose minutes after he got, you know, Derrick Rose chance. Um, bringing back the days of when Mike Woodson used to ask Rasheed Wallace if he wanted to come into the game. Um, so, you know, the energy is really high. Knicks five straight wins, 5-0 and oh since acquiring Josh Hart. Um, you know. It's just it's just it's just fun times here. Fun times here. Eight games above five hundred. Um, sites are pretty locked on to that fifth seed and maybe even the fourth seed if we keep things going the way they're going right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, really fun game. It's fun to see a Knicks blowout at home, um, and you know, pretty much able to just like coast in watching this game. Um, Jeff, how'd you feel about this game? Yeah, I mean, this was this was awesome. Um, you don't get too many games like that where there's pretty much nothing to complain about. I mean, there was a little bit of sloppiness there. Um, we had 19 turnovers. Like, that's really, really rare for the for the style of basketball that we play. Mm-hmm. Um, which is predicated around um not turning the ball over like you know like we we like to complain about the lack of ball movement and the stagnancy but some of that is intentional like some of the goal is to turn it over as little as possible and to create more offensive rebound attempts and to turn it over 19 times in a game you're just not going to see that too often from the Knicks and in spite of that I mean 24 assists to 19 turnovers is not good and we just blew the doors off them like that if that doesn't symbolize how good this team is right now, I don't know what will. Um, you said a good RJ game, but I feel like that kind of undersells it. I mean, yeah, it was a great RJ game. 25 points on 13 shots, um, seven assists, which is probably a season high. Is, he was is. what? It, it is a season high. Oh, yeah. Um, I think pretty clearly he was the team's best distributor and like best initiator. Um, he just, I loved the way he was playing. I thought he took one, I thought he had one bad possession by my count, like the entire game. Um, and that was in the second half. He just over dribbled and, or, oh, and the one where he knocked Josh Richardson out. That was, that was a pretty bad possession, but mm-hmm. he was really good on both ends from start to finish. Um, for the most part. I mean, we're always going to talk about how good quickly it was. Quickly and Hart having five stocks, like the stock is going up on those guys, you know. I mean, quickly, 
I don't know. I don't know if uh, I should have texted you, Sam, because you're you're like me and you're a degenerate like me. Quickly last night on DraftKings, plus fifteen thousand to win six man of the year. Yeah, that is just, that I, now is it's plus ten thousand. Yeah, it's just falling out of the sky. I bet it's lower after tonight. Like, yeah, dude is it's just going to keep dropping. It's going to keep dropping because he's the best six man. Like, he's there isn't a better player coming off the bench in the NBA right now. And I mean, part of that is because quickly probably shouldn't be coming off the bench. Like um, that's not shade at Grimes. It's just quickly is too good to, you know, have his limits, his minutes limited the way they are. I mean, he got 27 minutes tonight, but the point is, is that he's never playing 40 minutes in a game. And that, you know, in my opinion, that that isn't optimal, but whatever. Um, Yeah, really good game. I'm rambling on too long. I'm just going to pass it over to Tyrese. Really happy. That was just a really fun one to watch. Um, that's a good word you said, fun, because the Knicks are fun. And it's good when the Knicks are fun. Like, they're throwing backboards off, like, they're throwing backboards for alley hoops and stuff. And it's like, you know, the vibe around this team just feels really good right now. We're getting a chance for Derrick Rose, like he's Rasheed Wallace. Um, what more can you say about this team other than, like, fun basketball, the style that we could argue about all day long is working. And realistically like what they're a game and a half up on Miami right now they're a half game back of the Nets for the fifth seed so tomorrow night the team could be realistically in fifth so like momentum is going the next way um this is probably the best game from the big three hours in a while like from each individual member of the quote-unquote mid three especially like you said um thoughts about game for RJ which was sorely needed especially as a decision maker and as a passer. Um, I do think we kind of have understated how much Mitch matters to his passing because, you know, and Mitch is like usually his first target when he makes those rim reads. Mm-hmm. And that's a he great point. Find, he was able to find Mitch a couple times on um, lobs and the basket. I think he had three like distributes to Mitch. I feel like as a whole, the team was like passing to Mitch a lot, which was really good to see. Um I know Brunson had like a rim read that like it resulted in him taking like a screen and like making it to a pick and roll where he actually passed it to Mitch Robinson underneath the basket. And I was like, oh my God, we never do this. This is great. He's done it twice in two games. Um, progress, we'll take it. But yeah, like I think RJ having Mitch back is kind of like a security blanket for him. I feel like he played a really strong game. He had three turnovers, but like two of those turnovers were just really bullshit. They're offensive fouls that like Come on, man. Like, who cares if you hit a dude in the face? It's not an offensive foul. Who cares? Um, otherwise, like, really good playmaking for him. If he could continue to just pass out of drives, like, the shooting is nice. I'm glad he was able to hit his threes. But him passing out of drives is going to be so huge to his um to his ceiling for this team. And, like, he went 8 for 13, and I feel like he still forced up a couple of really bad shots, which means that, like, which shows you how strong his game was because, like, he was so efficient, and he really could have been even more efficient tonight. Um, yeah, really strong RJ game, really good game from everybody involved, really. Like, I don't really think there's a downside to anybody who played tonight. Like, really good energy, really great fun. Go next. Yeah, so I mean, we could, we could start things off with RJ. Um, 25 points, four rebounds, seven assists. Um, like you said, eight of 13 from the field, four, seven from three. I think that's huge right there. The threes that is something that, like, before All-Star break, there was, like, like discussions about, like, his jumper looking flat. And, you know, the jumper was something that was just not dropping for him, like, 
as of late. So to see him put the ball in from 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 three and on volume is pretty encouraging. Hopefully he could continue to keep this up. Um, he, he was able to show off a, a variety of threes, too. There was a pull-up three that he took. There was some off the catch. So, you know, um, he started off the game with, like, a step-back mid-range jumper. I know he hasn't been the best on twos this year, but, you know, it's just good to see a, a variety of different types of, of of shots going in alongside of the um, the passing. Um, so, yeah, that was that was, it, it was great to see him have this game. Um, very good bounce-back game from him. Hopefully this could keep him rolling because as you can see when he is rolling and then when everyone else has got it pretty much going, this is a pretty potent offense that is really hard to stop. Um, so, yeah. I think just the one thing <laughs> I just, and I, I hate that I'm like this. Like I just, I just, <laughs> I need someone to like fucking do a lobotomy or something. So I don't think this way, but you know, Tyrese said earlier, he said, you know, this, whatever we think of the style, it works. There have never been questions, relative questions about Tibbs' style working in the regular season. The question is, are we building something that is prepared for a postseason series when we're going to be schemed against, when a team is going to be game planning specifically to stop our strengths? Do we have a plan B, a plan C? Um, because I, I, I think the conversation needs to be more nuanced than it clearly works or it clearly doesn't work. This is a really talented team, and Tibbs has built an offense that basically lets J- Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, their two best players, play to their strengths – and also somehow plays to Mitchell Robinson, their third best player's offensive strengths. So, like, I don't think there's any question that over the vacuum of an 82-game season, it's going to work on a relative basis. But I don't think we're going to know fully if we're maximizing this team ceiling or even approaching the team ceiling until we see it healthy play a playoff series. Um I'm trying to spin this as like neutral and non-negative as possible because I, I want to be optimistic and I want anyone listening to be optimistic. But I do think that needs to be pointed out that like when people say, or at least someone like me who I consider, I consider myself, you know, rational when I say, okay, like, you know, we're not sure yet. I'm just saying that I think I'm thinking more long-term and more about, you know, the playoffs, I guess, but. Yeah, um, I definitely think it is a re- um, cause for concern for the playoffs. Um, but at the same time, the vibes are nice. I'm not going to ruin the vibes. So. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Um, another person that had a bounce back game, Jalen Munson, 20 points, two rebounds, five assists, five of 13 from the field, three of seven from three, seven of nine from the free throw line, was able to get to the free throw line a bunch tonight, um, hit his threes which um, he was not really able to do last game. Um, last game, he wasn't able to much of anything, but it was, it was good to see him have um, a bit of a bounce-back game. Um, wasn't the strongest of games, but it was much better than that yesterday's game. So there's that. Um, but I yeah, thought Brunson just... passed really well. I, yeah. I, I, I usually don't feel that way, but – he had a couple passes, including one to quickly in the corner, uh, in the weak corner. That was just like, 
man, like I wish he would use his vision more. Um, I, I thought Brunson had a really good distributing game, even though he only had five assists. I thought we missed a lot of shots off of plays he made. I think that's like, like, okay, tell me if I'm wrong. The Knicks are a decent passing team. We just don't get assists. I feel like we make decent reads. I feel like we're able to kick it out to the open man. I feel like we understand the basic tenets of like, okay, rim read, like collapse the defense, kick out. But I also kind of feel like because this team has enough juice off the bounce for a lot of guys that like it doesn't really show up in our assist numbers. Um, I'm not saying that we're this incredible movement offense like 2018 Warriors, but like I do think that we are a better passing team than the assist numbers show. I just kind of feel like our style and the fact that we have a lot of guys who could do stuff off the bounce really um, dampens those like numbers. I think that it's it's an interesting discussion to have. Like Julius Randle, let's let's start with Julius Randle because I think he kind of summarizes where we're at pretty well. Julius Randle is objectively a talented passer, but I'm not sure he's like a good NBA passer. And what I mean by that is, to me, in 2023, good, valuable passing requires quick processing. And I swear to God, there cannot be a player in the league that misses more swing passes than Julius Randle, because every time the ball, because the ball, every time the ball hits his hands, he needs to catch and assess the situation. And it's why he's such a frustrating player. And so, like, I do agree with you that like we have good passers, and I do agree with you that a lot of times we make good reads. But I think the I just think there's something missing, and I I don't know how to specifically put my finger on it, but I think it's some combination of the scheme decentivizing passing, and our players just not being in that high enough tier of good passers to call the Knicks a good passing team. If that makes sense, I get it, I get it, but I I'm just like I. It, it could be better. They actually think we have more assists, but like I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're able to process a bit more, a bit better than I think I'll be given credit for. But I, I get what you're saying. I absolutely get what you're saying. Like, and I think someone like Josh Hart helps. Um, Josh Hart helps to a lesser extent. Grimes and quickly do. I feel like there's a decent mix of like good connecting passing, good processors. And then you have like the elite shot makers where Randall and Brunson. So I feel like roster construction-wise, is it just able to work because like realistically this team is hella talented and just has a lot of guys who understand how to move the ball even when they don't it doesn't necessarily lead to like points on the board. But we just don't leverage that enough. But at the same time, it's we leverage it enough to where like they can still find the open men. And when Julius Randle does make good connected passing, like he did the end of the Wizards game yesterday, then it's like, okay, well, I don't we just do this more often? But too, in that vein, though, like we had a couple cuts to the basket when like Julius was right in the high post. Um, and it resulted in like shots at the rim that like went in. So like, I think there was one for Hart and there was one for RJ. And I think Randle had one himself where he finished it. So it's like, that's a good wrinkle to have when it's like a basic flash cut to the middle is a good wrinkle to have for the top of the offense. But it's like, yeah, we haven't had a lot of flash cuts. So it was good to see that. For reference tonight, they had 24 assists um, on 45 field goals made. Um, I mean, when you get a, when you have a ISO heavy 
offense too. I think you're just gonna have like less assists. And yeah. the Knicks they run a ton of ISO. Um, even in a night like tonight where it seemed like the ball was whizzing more than usual, it still sometimes gets still ISO heavy. Um and like before a lot of a lot of times like you could say, oh, the Knicks don't have assists because, like, guys aren't making shots. Well, tonight, like, they hit a whole bunch of shots. So, like, that wasn't even the problem there, too. Like, they hit 19 threes, which is usually an issue with us in terms of hitting threes because we usually get quality looks from three. It's just a matter of us hitting them. Tonight, we were able to hit them a bunch. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a, just a, you know, just the structure of this team and how we play. I just want to also re, just recharacterize what I said a little bit because mm-hmm. Julius Randle made some of the best passes you'll ever see tonight. Like he made mm-hmm. two corner opposite passes that were basically no look passes that 10 players in the league can make. So he's clearly like a really talented passer. I, I didn't mean to like, I didn't mean to like diminish his passing skill. I just think that a big part of passing is, um, is anticipation and like quick processing. And I just think that's an area where he clearly lacks. Like if you put whatever Obi has in terms of like seeing the game fast and knowing what, where he's going to go with the ball, if you just somehow morph that into Randall, he would just be like the best player in the league. Like you'd have the broad with like actual shooting. Right. <laughs> like, it would be dull. It's, yeah, he would just he would just be so good. And I mean, look, I mean, Randall Randall is who he is, and he's clearly a really good player. I mean, he showed it again tonight. So I just think we've reached a point with Randall where and by the way, like there was a moment that, that Randall that quickly to Randall Alley oop where the guy didn't credit quickly with an assist, which is bullshit. Um for they the agenda. No, for, he didn't get an no, assist. They, they, you can't you can't give it to him because it hit the backboard, apparently. That's so um bad. Yeah, ridiculous. They'd give it to LeBron. Um, like, just looking at Randall after that, like, I don't know. Like, I said a bunch of things about Randall and not wanting him on the team. But, like, and I, I think the points that I made and the points that me and Sam made were defensible when we made them. But I just don't get, as, like, a human being, how you can't just be happy for the guy seeing him. Like, he's clearly in a really good place right now, and it's cool to see. Um this is just a, such an overwhelmingly good vibes game. Speaking of which, um, nice little segue into Julius Randle tonight, 28, seven and five on 11 of 20 from the field, five of 10 from three start off the game. Extremely hot. You know, I, I thought like, okay, this is going to be a repeat of, 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 of yesterday, but then it turns into a blowout and then it's like, all right, like but yeah he came out on fire to start this game um hitting jump shots you know just taking control and really set the tone offensively in terms of you know letting it be known like you know pelicans they're not gonna have this one easy to start the game um and that's you know what you want to see out of your leading guy coming into a game off a of back-to-back at home um to start the game so you know that was that was really encouraging to see that was um great to see and you know it really started off the game in the right way for the knicks um which sometimes can be an issue for this team 
Um, but yeah. Yeah, he just hit shots now. He he hit shots threes at home. Um that was good. Uh Jeff might be right. Maybe there's not um Schrodinger's three-point shot. Um he hit five threes and he hit four of them in the first quarter. He did the thing again where he hit four threes again. Um he also finished the game like six to ten from two point range. So it's just like he's just operating at a level that I mean he's clearly all NBA this year. Like that's not even a conversation. Um there, I was I was thinking about that, Tyrese, in a space. And uh somebody asked somebody said it in a space, like is, is Randall all NBA? And I came up with four guys who were clearly ahead of him, but like I couldn't come up with anybody else. Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, and um, Tatum. Is there anybody else? Nope. Nope. And Embiid, Giannis are going to – Embiid, like Embiid, Giannis, and Tatum, and Jokic are going to be four of like the six, um, seven. Nope. What am I saying? Oh, right. Because Embiid's a center. They're going to play Embiid as a center. But they can they all can be voted in on the same front court. Like nobody's gonna have nobody does. But it's it's nine front court positions, not six. Yes, yeah. nine. Oh, yeah. so Randall's a lock. It's not yeah, even he, if he's he playing like this. He yeah. might even be second he might even be second team all NBA. Cause I don't know, KD, like I think the big news could be like KD. Like do people vote in KD even though he's gonna be he's gonna have missed like a fourth of the season. Not a fourth, a third of the season. You know LeBron's I, gonna get in. Yeah, LeBron gets a legacy vote. <laughs> but but yeah, like I, I think he People are gonna have arguments for Pascal. Shut the fuck up, dude. You know Pascal, it's gonna be there. No, it's not. I'm sorry, dude. Pascal it is. is on an eight seed. I he, know he's still there. You know there's still gonna be people that make their argument sorry. for him. He's on the ninth seed. Like, dude. I'm not making the argument for him, but I'm saying there will be people that make an argument I know, for him. You like, know how I, NBA media is. I do not want to hear it. If people actually vote in Laurie Markkinen and Pascal Siakam over Julius Randle. Yeah, like, I forgot about Laurie Markkinen. That's why he has, he's going to have the MIP I, I, juice. I feel like Sabonis is over both of them. No? Center. Probably. You go center. But it's, it's oh, front no, court now. There's no center court. vote. No, no, no. It's, no, it's still um forward center. I mean, like they do front court, back court, but like people would literally vote in for center anyway. But so, like, you, you don't, you don't have to vote. Like you could vote in two centers in the front courts. But nobody voting it last in, year. Nobody voting in Embiid as a, as a power forward is not happening. Shoot. Like we talked about, we talked about, we talked about. Don't, about, don't, you're, don't, you're, don't, don't underestimate me and media, man. This was the same argument they were making last year, and nobody did it. I'm just Wait, saying, don't mean? underestimate. And wasn't Embiid, Embiid first team last year? No, he was second team. Uh, okay. He was second team because Jokic won the MVP and it was Giannis and I believe Tatum. Like they're gonna yes, they have the ability to vote put and vote in and beat us a forward, but nobody's gonna do it. I I just wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't test NBA media. Like I I it doesn't happen. They like they never do it. They never do it. So like, watch this year is gonna be the year they do it just to just to get at Tyrese. <laughs> they're gonna I, they're gonna put MB at power forward in one of those things. I mean, that means that 
Um, Randall makes second team, so like I'm okay with that. But like, I think he makes third team just on default because you're gonna expect that Kevin Durant gets voted in, and you're gonna expect that LeBron gets a legacy vote. I don't know if KD gets in just because the the games played. True. He's missed so much. True. But like the Suns are gonna be like finals contenders, and I feel like if he has a couple strong games, then like people are just gonna be like, "Well, it's KD." But yeah, I I think right now Julius Randle's playing at all NBA level. I think he makes a team, and it's like, so you're gonna have. Although KD has only played thirty nine games, holy shit, he should. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should not make that team, but like, he might because he's gonna play. He's gonna play like around let's say fifty games. God, that's gonna be so annoying. But um, anyway, back to it. Yeah, like I think he makes All NBA. Um, and it's like two All NBA seasons in the last three years under Tom Thibodeau. Like, what more can you say about this guy? Like, this guy has clearly established himself to be one of the preeminent talents of the league. Like, right below that superstar esque threshold. But I feel like he's pretty defined when he's playing like this a star, and he's the best player on the team. With all respect to Jalen Brunson and the month that he had, he is the best player in the team. The Jalen Brunson All-Star Snub Revenge Tour is over. It's over. It's over, guys. It was fun while it lasted, though. Yeah, it was, it was a good uh, time watching him drop 30 every game. Before, Sam, you get to the ad read and we get to the comments, I just want to answer this, guys. This is a Strickland hoodie. So cop some merch, man, because this is a really this is a really sick hoodie. Um I don't know, Sam, what do you what do you do? You go to the Strickland.com and then there's a store and then you go to the store and Yep, you can go to Strickland.bigcartel.com. Link is in the description. Um and you can find all the new spring collection as well as all the old stuff. That we have, we've got some remixes. We got some like some of the older um, designs. They are on a newer material now, um, so you know, definitely check it out. We got a whole bunch of great new stuff over there. Um, I got some stuff coming myself. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. And but buy, buy the hoodies. By the yes, hoodies. by fire. the hoodies. They are fire. And we have, I think we have more dropping soon. I think it's every four, um, every week for four weeks of dropping. So get get in. It's going to be fun. All right. Let's get into the ad read. Um, As I'm doing that, feel free, people, to leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe. We're on our way to 1K subs all that you do will help us um so yeah let me get into the ad read is everyone's favorite part of these shows nba fans it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba this week new customers can bet five dollars and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing tours customers, whoa, can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. 
Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Once again, not going to discuss my endeavors today. (laughs) Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN, minimum agent eligible restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right. Have you called the number yet? No, I'm not. I'm not going to call the number. <laughs> for your sake, please. Nope. All right. Ignoring. Okay. You have to run us to the parlay. What was today's parlay? I tell Jeff me and, today. Me and, me, and, me and Sam me and Sam shared one, actually. I oh tell Jeff God. today. Okay, what was it? <laughs> wait, wait, Sam, we can't tell him. Because the one guy I chose to hit a three, Tyrese is just going to – he's going to light me on fire. On, what you call it? Um, I actually couldn't find that person on FanDuel because I put I placed my I placed most of my bets on FanDuel. So I replaced okay. it with Josh Richardson, two threes, which actually did hit that line. So you're, it, so you're smarter than that. Yeah, I mean, I chose I chose someone that I know would would, would kill us from three. Um, so yeah. Okay, so who was it? We had I had Herb Jones to hit a three. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Our Herb Jones. He wasn't listed on FanDuel, so I I couldn't even put him in. Oh, so Josh Richards. Herb Jones is shooting twenty eight percent from three. Yeah, Herb. Herb Jones has hit two threes in the last eight games he's played. He had Herb for one three. I mean, on DraftKings it was. I mean, on DraftKings it was plus two hundred, and the Knicks, the Knicks give up the most threes to opposing small forwards in the league. So there was my logic. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh my god! It's all right, man. I just want to put my head down. It's all good. You could have donated to the Salvation Army, and that would have been a better use of your resources <sighs> than spending money on, that, on Herb Jones. And the Salvation Army is a fucking unethical company, and it still would have been better than voting for Herb than trying to put Herb Jones in your parlay. There are just some guys you just shouldn't bet on. Herb Jones is one of them. Now, if you would put Trey Murphy in your parlay, it would have been like, all right, I get it. It's Trey Murphy. Also, I don't know how the hell he's not starting, but like. Because they got to give Josh Richardson minutes. That's why I put Josh Richardson in my parlay because I knew Willie Green's been like horny to give Josh Richardson all the, all of these guys minutes now. So oh, Jesus Christ, we used to be a society and never put any curb shows on our fucking parlays. Oh my God. Oh, oh man. <laughs> all right. Enough betting talk. Let's get to these comments. Um, use code TBPN. Um, and that's the end of the betting talk. Um, Chris Bernard says, I see the great David Griffin created a mediocre roster, can't win without the walking emergency room. Also, Herb Jones is a fraud. <laughs> oh, we're back at Herb Jones talk. Wow. Perfect, perfect first comment. But yeah, man, I mean, David Griffin, he was getting a lot of credit. You know, they were first, I mean, to, to, his, to, to David Griffin's credit, when the walking emergency room, um, that's a great nickname for Zion, by the way, Chris. Um when the walking emergency room is was on the court, they were they were the first seed in the in the West. Um, 
he is no longer on the court, and they are no longer the first seed in the West. I think, I think my thing is is like, it just sucks from a standpoint of like your two best guys are going to miss so much time. Um, You can't build a roster like that sustainably. You cannot build a roster where like your top two guys are liable to miss a third to half of the season. I think Zion has missed half of the season to this point. So like, I think it's less about, um. David Griffin, I can't believe I'm defending David Griffin, but I think it's less about David Griffin and more about the fact that, like, you can't predict that Zion's going to miss half of the season after he missed um, last uh, last year entirely. And then, like, he talks about being in shape, and I think he was in shape for a good part of it. Like, he made the All-Star teams a starter, and he rightfully deserved it. I just think it's a matter of, like, wow, that... That's just really bad luck. But also, ultimately speaking, I think they're going to have to make a choice about, like, which one of those guys they're going to have to keep. Um, You can't have to. Like, you need to have one guy who's at least reliable. And CJ McCombo is a nice player. He's not an all-star. He's just not. Like, he is maybe a complimentary third place, but, like... they got Didn't they get him to play point guard, too? Yeah, they got him to play point guard. And like he's fine. I think he's fine at being a point guard. Like, I'm not worried about that. But yeah. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Jason Tatum just like threw up a nasty brick that hit like all I'm, backboard. I'm, I'm, I'm not, dude. <laughs> and the fact that the Sixers are gonna lose this game is hilarious. But like, yeah, like, Jay, like for all for all of um, Cedric Holmes is a decent player. I think it's just a matter of like, they need somebody else. They need to choose between Zion or Brandon Ingram, and I feel like they'll probably choose Zion over Brandon Ingram because Zion's a better player. So, like... Ugh. Yeah, I mean... Ugh. I don't know. It's tough to judge them without Zion, like Tyrese is saying. But also, like, I feel like we've eclipsed caring about other teams now. Like, the Knicks... We... we I'm not saying we're better than all other teams. I'm just saying, like, we don't have to, you know, stay... We don't have to do that thing where we stand on other, you know, franchises' shoulders to elevate ourselves. That's that's, you know, like that there that uh, there's that Pelicans beat writer who's like created this rivalry with the Knicks because Zion in his head. Yeah, yeah, it's so wild. He's always talking about the Knicks, and it's like, do we really want to be like that guy? Like that's pathetic. Let's just let's you know let's talk about the Knicks. You know. Um, also, I just want to say, Brandon Ingram fucking sucks. God, Brendan Ingram fucking sucks. Like, okay, he's a decent player, but like that guy's essentially been the same player for the last four years, and he cannot stay healthy. He hasn't played seventy games since his first year in the league. And anybody who wants him on the Knicks, like, I get the idea of like, oh, let's replace RJ Barrett with like an All Star caliber player, but like, he doesn't move the needle. He's not a needle mover. I'm sorry. Um. She was going to know is the best out of the baby Lakers, and that's that on that. Um, yeah. Mano F says, let's hope this game helps RJ build a rhythm to close out the season strong. Um, yeah, definitely. I think he, like, RJ at this level definitely, like, brings the Knicks offense, which was already pretty good, to a stronger level. Um, makes us more of a threat, I think. Um... And yeah, I just, you know, if he's able to 
play this way as well as well as you know grimes being able to hit the threes that he was able to hit today Hart providing like the 15 the 12 to 15 points that he's able to provide um quickly being quickly like this is just a really great strong one to nine rotation that doesn't have much flaws honestly and like the flaws are able to be patched up by um other players and their strengths so you know you're just hoping that Thibs is able to like mix and match more often to be able to optimize you know the best out of everyone um but yeah hopefully rj can build a rhythm and you know this helps build momentum for the playoffs too I want him to do it so bad, man. Like he passed so well of his drives today, and I'm just like, just do that. Just do that. Like, and that's what's so frustrating because it's there and you see it, and then it's like the next game, he's like, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. Like he still forced up the bullshit shot or two, but like it was so much more controlled and it made so much more sense. Like you you could tell like he had a path of like, I'm gonna drive, I'm gonna take the shot. I can now take the shot. Oh, wait, I can pass. There's an opportunity open. And it's just like that was his best decision making game of the season and it's like if he could just do that regularly like he doesn't need to be a 24 per game scorer but he can be just because like he's gonna have more efficient opportunities so it's just like it's all there and i just want him to like do it oh it's so frustrating when he just has like these six for 21 nights with like three assists and five turnovers the something that stood out to me tonight was Sometimes it feels like RJ really gets lost in the offense and some nights it's justified. You know, he's just not playing well and he should just be like the third option spot up shooter. But there will be times when like he has a good possession or two to start the game. And then like literally he just disappears and like he goes like four or five minutes without a legitimate touch. And something that stood out to me tonight was it really seemed like Brunson made the an ex- executive decision that RJ was playing well and sort of embraced playing off ball more, like st- standing in that wing, standing in that corner. Um, it felt like RJ was really getting more consistent touches, and it really felt that way when Quickly, Quickly was on the court to start the second and fourth quarter. It really felt like Quickly was doing what he could to make sure RJ was, like, involved and initiating, like, Quickly had a good feel for the fact that RJ was playing well and wanted to keep running the offense through him. And that was really good to see because this isn't like as good as much as we like Brunson and Randall. And as you know, we're talking about Randall being all NBA. This still isn't a team with, you know, it's not a stars and scrubs team. They're not going to win the championship or win multiple playoff series riding these two guys. This needs to be a team. And that was a really encouraging thing uh, that I noticed tonight. Yeah. Um, I do feel like embracing RJ has been like a really weird thing for this team. Um, and Brunson didn't force it tonight. And I know he forced it yesterday. And I wouldn't be surprised that that was like a cognitive decision for him to be like, okay, well, Brunson, um, Randall's got it going. RJ's got it going. Quick has got it going. I feel like he deferred to Quick a lot, too. And he was just like, all right, I'm going to treat like his back of my Dallas days next to Luka, and I'm just going to do more stuff off the ball. Like, this has to be his lowest usage game in, like, two months. 
which is a really good thing to see. Yeah, I mean, Brunson, you just, this need, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. This just need, it, he needs to find a middle ground more of the time. Like it can't, the, those those possessions, you, you don't want Brunson to completely go away from isolating because he's such a good one-on-one player. But he goes through these stretches sometimes where it's like two, three possessions in a row where he's the only guy touching the ball. And like, I just feel like that's so – it doesn't correlate with all the guys staying in flow and making sure everyone is in rhythm, um, oh, ideally. So I, I, thought he found, I thought he found that balance much better than that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I also – for me, it's so weird because this team will, like, not – oh. Yep. Yup. <laughs> yup. It didn't count either. <laughs> oh. Wow. Uh-huh. All right. I would be um, pissed. <laughs> this you guys you this... guys wanna use your words and expand on what's happening? Okay. So in the six in the Celtics um Celtics Sixers game, so Tatum like is five seconds left on the clock. Tatum mm-hmm. hits a pull up three puts them up three, and Bede hits a half, um, a three-quarter shot, like, he's at least 75 feet out, and he, and Bede hits it, but it's after time expired. And he knew it right away, and then he just walked to the locker room, shaking his head in disgust. And once again, the Celtics own the Sixers, and anybody who really thinks that he's going to make this a series is blind. Man, NBA has been wild since All-Star break came back, man. I'll say that. We've been getting a lot of, like, exciting finishes between that Philly, um, Memphis game, this game, the the Kings Clippers game the other night. The NBA has been on fire. I'll say that, which is you know, a, a nice change from earlier in the year when you know everyone was blowing each other out. Pause. Um, but yeah, back to RJ. Um, you know, it's so weird because like earlier in the year, the team was able to find a balance of like. RJ being involved with Brunson and Randall. Like there were a lot of games earlier in the season before like RJ was out with um the finger injury. Um I feel like that's when the change happened, or at least like the shift kind of happened because like Brunson and Randall <coughs> they got like adjusted to like playing without him for an like, extended period of time and they got they got so used to playing with like quickly and grimes. And like their play styles and like when RJ came back, it was kind of like a weird adjustment period of like them trying to like find the balance of him being in the offense and him him getting his own and scoring. Because like before the finger injury, there were a ton of games where like all three of them were scoring like 20 plus casually a night. And then the finger injury happens and then he comes back and then it's this weird adjustment period. It's been kind of awkward ever since then. Um, so hopefully, like starting now, they can like really gain some type of cohesiveness and momentum together because it would really help them going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean RJ playing well is, and it's this is the second straight game I thought he defended really well. By the way, we haven't talked about that side of the ball, mm-hmm. but uh, the comment Randall's defense on Ingram was out of this world. Um, to the point that they were dying to get Randall off of Ingram and both Grimes and uh, both Grimes and 
Barrett were up to the challenge when they were switched on to Ingram. That was one of the better collaborative efforts you'll see on a player. Um, Grimes was awesome on McCollum. It was just, I mean, what else can we say? This is just a really good team right now. Like that's, that's what it is. Like they're playing really well on both ends of the court ends of the court. Yep. Um, I did like the fact that Julius' defense is probably the best that he's played all season on an individual opponent. Like he had Brandon Ingram in hell. Like he, Brandon Ingram could not go anywhere against them. And like he would do all these shot fakes and try to like, he would be like shooting with arc on it to try to like get it over Randall. And like Randall was just not going for anything. It's like, I think that shows you how well Randall defends in space. And the fact that he can legitimately defend one through four is like really big for this team's playoff defense. And if he's going to be playing like that and engaged like that, then like the ceiling is the roof. Like in a hypothetical matchup against the Cleveland Cavaliers, like the fact that you could legitimately put Grimes, Hart, IQ, if you wanted to, you could put Deuce on him. And then you could put fucking Julius Randle in for possessions. Like, what do you do? What do you do? And, like, technically speaking, I know we don't think of him as a big wing, but, like, if he defends like that, he's a big wing. Yeah. Um, And I wish – I really wish Tibbs would see him as a big wing. Not, not, not because, like, it would change anything, but because it would clue him into the fact that, like, it's okay to sometimes play RJ or Hart at power forward. Like, I, I'm not saying that they obviously they don't have the body that Julius does, but on some level, you know, if Julius Randle can defend one through four the way he does and like, you know, be like Josh Hart can do it too, you know, like, and there's still things to unlock in this team. Um, that's the scary part. Like, we're still just seeing this one version of this team. We don't even know what it would look like if like, there were these lineups that we don't see. Like this was just another night that, you know, all those lineups, some of those lineups that we talk about just weren't, weren't played together at all, you know? And then you can't really complain about it anymore because they're winning right now. But it, as far as like getting the best version of this team and like maximizing its ceiling for the playoffs, we don't even know like that. That's really cool as a Knicks fan. How, how long has it been since we could say that? Uh, the nineties. Maybe. Like, Before our time. Yep. I don't remember it. You you say R, Sam, you know, like, but yeah. I'm I'm old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um ZMP three two three says, is this the most talented Knicks team of this millennium? Yes. Quite easily. Like I know there was like a two thousand two team that made the ECF, but like the team is younger. The team has just better depth all around. The team has just way more asset set play compared to those other teams. And it just feels like this is the most sustainable Knicks core and like foundation of all time. And that's exciting because we've never seen the Knicks in this capacity. Like I know we had Ewing. Um, and obviously I'm not gonna count like pre-80s basketball because the such that's just like so distant. I know we celebrated the 50th anniversary, like the golden anniversary, but like, dude, it's like that was a that was a different NBA. But like, in the modern NBA, this is probably the 
single best position the Knicks have been in as a franchise just due to how the league works today. And it's like, we've never seen the Knicks be like an attractive destination aside from when Mel wanted to come here. And even still, like we built it off stat who was a tipping time mom and guys were traded in order to acquire him. So like the Knicks can draft, the Knicks can sign pivotal free agents. They've done it with their two best players. The Knicks can um, negotiate extensions that are fair value for the team and fair value for the player. Like that metric section looks beautiful. Um, I expect to do the same with Josh Hart. Um, yeah, like just all around this this team is just firing at all cylinders, and they're just like they're one quote unquote top five player away, and that's really the best place to be in as a franchise. Yeah, I don't think it's close. Um, and you know that that 2013 team was a ton of fun. Um, and it was old as hell. It was old as hell. And it also had the one advantage I would, two advantages I would say it had on this team. One, I mean, its best player was better than the Knicks' best player this year. That matters. Um, And two, it was perfectly constructed around its best player. This team is doing the best it can. And I'm not, I'm not, this isn't me hating on the front office. But it's definitely not like a perfect fit. Like these guys are manufacturing fit. Mello needed rim protection and he needed shooting. And the, that 2012-2013 team had the best rim protector in the league since Dwight Howard was dead at that point. And all the shooting Mello could ask for. It was the only season Mello truly embraced playing that power forward role. Like, I mean, Thanks people to Stoudemire's like, knees falling off his legs. Right. But like, and then Melo complained and went back to playing small forward and all of a sudden couldn't defend anymore. Like, and like, I don't think that gets talked about enough. Like people are always like, Oh, we, we did Melo disservice in those later years, but like you're kind of handcuffed when he refuses to play power forward that like, that's his true position. And he, he always saw himself as like, you know, want more of a Kobe. He wanted to be like that, whatever going off on a tangent. But mm-hmm. fit and best player aside, this team one to nine is just it's just so good. We're gonna have the sixth man of the year. <laughs> we just are. He's gonna win sixth man of the year. If he doesn't, it's a joke. Malcolm fucking Brogdon, they're six points better when he doesn't play. And everybody's always told me that it's the easiest thing in the world to have good impact stats when you come off the bench because you only play other bench players. Well, how come Malcolm Brogdon can't win his fucking minutes? If he's so good and he's definitely going to win six man of the year, they're so much better when he doesn't play. It's like, it's just such a joke. Six man of the year has become so lazy because it's either a PPG thing or it's like best bench player on the best team in the league or something like that. Like, it's always one or the other. It's, yeah, like, it's, like when Jordan, I remember when Jordan Carson had that thing wrapped up before, and like before the new year came around, and it was like he's like the best best player on this team. It was Ingles, but like he won it, so it really sucks that things like a PPG award because it should not be. So lazy. I think the, I, I think it. they I think they took it down right now. Unfortunately, um, are the odds. Yeah, I want to see if quick. I guess. I, I mean, I guess they're probably readjusting, but I bet quickly his price drops again tonight because he. I mean, I'm gonna check on Fanduel, but as we do, as I do check, 
Um, Vivek says, Mitch is a difference to me. He opens up the lob threats, which gives RJ easy assist opportunities, amongst others. I'm curious to see the co- correlation between RJ with and without Mitch this season. Um, I think I saw something the other day on Twitter about, like, um, his, like, assist numbers or his passes with Mitch in the lineup and without him. So I think there, there definitely is something there. I will say that. Yeah, it's not even. It's yeah. Um, I I don't. First of all, I don't get why, especially Hardenstein, isn't better at rolling. Like he's really struggled as a roller this year, and it's kind of frustrating. Um, like because he, he he'll, he'll like roll and then he'll like like he'll stop at like the top of like the free throw line or something like that. Yeah, he doesn't know where to go. He like it's just it's really <laughs> weird. Um. Because he's such a smart player, and yeah, he—I don't know—I just feel like it's something he should be good at. Obviously, he's never going to have the vertical gravity that Mitch does, but um, and Sims, I'm actually quite surprised that Sims didn't develop better chemistry with RJ because he's a better screen setter than Mitch is, even right now. Um, and you know he obviously has the vertical skills, so so I I, I am curious. I, I I don't understand why RJ didn't develop better chemistry with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean RJ found Mitch for at least two more assists tonight. They they clearly have something going there. Um, so yeah, I agree with Vivek. Yep. Mm. Mitch is just so underrated, and like you see it in the on and off. So like. Yeah, man. Mitchell Robinson is great. Also, yeah, those odds for IQ are stupid. I think he still has like 5,000. On FanDuel, he's plus 6,000 right now. Wow. Let's go. Honestly, I would probably make a play for that. Like, I do feel like the last 20 games, I feel like Monday's going to be a big game. Monday's going to be a big game for those odds. Cause, like, is it national TV big... versus the Celtics? Don't think so. But. Surprising. Uh, I don't think they're doing national TV on Monday. Um, it's oh, yeah, that's like, right. There is no national TV on Monday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, Friday. and then Sundays. Um, But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, quick, I think quickly probably finish top three in the voting, though. Definitely should. You're muted. Jeff. You're muted. Don't they, don't they usually do uh, NBA TV on Monday sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. I, yeah, uh, but I don't really think I don't really consider that like national TV. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it just Jordan, blacks it out for me, which is annoying. Um, let's see. Jordan Bub says when the only the only things to complain about this game are Thibs putting back starters in the fourth quarter, bad free throws, and being very close to the ball. But some turnovers can be attributed to refs hating the Knicks. Um, I don't know which turnovers he's talking about, which could be attributed. Maybe the stepping out of bounds stuff, maybe. The or... quickly, the quickly double dribble that wasn't a double dribble. Oh, the double dribble. Okay. Um, but yeah, the the tips thing at the start is thing in the fourth quarter. That was a, that was that was funny. Um, <laughs> he he just like I I don't know if he gets like PTSD from like all the blown leads, um, that we've had. This year alone. Why doesn't he get PTSD from Derrick Rose breaking his fucking leg? I don't understand. Where's that PTSD? What do we need? RJ last year. 
what needs to happen for him to learn his lesson? I don't understand. RJ got hurt last year. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't understand. What the hell? Like, what the hell was that? And not to mention, I'm kind of mad that, dude, if if he didn't put Randall back in, that alley-oop goes to, to Obi. Yeah. That's, that's an Obi lob, and that is a totally different moment. Like, that would have been one of the coolest moments ever. Quickly to Obi off the backboard with Obi doing something crazy. Tibbs robbed us of, of – he robbed us of that. Like, we could add another East Bay. Like, come on. Yeah, he might have done, like, like, done something crazier. He might have done like a 360 windmill or something. Just to true. give fans a little something because, you know, Jericho did bullshit in the dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> glad we don't we I'm glad we don't have to ever speak about that ever again, by the way. I, I told you he was gonna stick that shit up. <laughs> He's a power dunker. He doesn't have any like he jumps high and that's kind of it. And that was his dunks. His dunks were as missionary as he is, and that's okay. Okay, good question here. Walt Clyde Frazier. How have your expectations for the playoffs shifted from when Mitch first went down to now? Back then, I was thinking winning the play, and now I'm talking myself into the fourth seed. Yeah, I think we're on that fourth seed, and I feel like the team should win a series. Um, yeah, I mean, it, especially if we get the Cavs, because we don't even have to pretend like, oh, Tibbs should go small. Like, there's no – you don't go small against the Cavs. They've got Mobley and Allen. So, there's no I'm, – I'm just saying, like, if we lose to the Cavs in five or six and then the narrative coming in that series is, like, we need a superstar, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I'm actually going to, like, go crazy. You guys are going to have to, like, talk me off the ledge because I can't deal with that. Like, this is clearly a really good team. This is a team that can beat the Cavs. If we lose, like, I, I understand range of outcomes. I understand variance. If we lose, like, a hard-fought six- or seven-game series where, you know, a couple breaks go the Cavs' way, I won't care. That's fine. That's that. To me, that's the floor. We can't mm-hmm. lose in five to the Cavs. Can't do it. Um, Need to at least have that. To me, that's the floor of this ceiling. We need to have a competitive first-round series and I think we should beat the Cavs. I really do. Um, I mean, Tyrese was just talking about it 10 minutes ago. How many different guys can we throw at their two guards? You know, like we we will always have at least one, oftentimes two guys on the court that can at least, I'm not going to say stop, but they can at least Stifle. present a challenge to Mitchell and Garland. We have Mitch yeah. against Allen. We have Randall against Mobley. Like that should be like a slaughter. Like you cannot put Mobley's body against Randall for a whole series. Like right. he might have a game, but like Randall is just going to wear him down with elbows and body blows all series long. And you're asking the 20 year old, the 21 year old to like handle that over the stretch of a series. I don't think he can do that. And that's not this the is, Mobley, but like, it's just Randall was playing at that level. This is, well, I guess it's relevant, but. If I was the Cavs, I would put Allen on Randall and I would put Mobley on Mitch. And they that would, would keep... be even worse. Like, because no, then Mitch I, I, gonna... I think Mitch is I, going I, to absolutely eat Mobley alive on the boards. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you have Allen defending space. I don't know. I, I think Mobley could... I think he could... I, I'm not going to say hold... I'm not going to say... I just think that Allen is really good in like one of the he 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 is one of those guys who can like legitimately hang in there on switches and stuff, you know? 
And so like Randall, I, I, operating from the mid post, I think Allen could do a much better job than Mobley. And Mobley 6'11", he's got crazy length, and keeping him around the rim, having him be the one who, you know, is dealing with those Mitch rim runs, dealing with Mitch on the glass, to me, that's a better combination. I, I do agree with you that Mitch will have his way on certain possessions, but I think you'd rather seed that than seed Randall getting comfortable in the series. I get it. I don't know. I just, I think if you put Mitch against Mobley, I feel like that is going to be, like, Mitch is just going to box him out, and I think that their rebound is just going to suck that series. Um, but yeah, also, like, they don't have any wings on that roster, so, like, there's no body oh. to get through. And we get to hide Brunson on Okoro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is like, a really good matchup for this team. Yeah. They should win that series. <laughs> and, like, they, yeah. don't have, they don't even have a pivot from Okoro because, like, who's their backup? Lamar Stevens? Like, you're going to get uh, to well, hide they have, Brunson they, they, They've got Danny Green. All right. Lamar Stevens, Danny Green, Karis LeVert. <laughs> Oh, scary, scary wing rotation. Yeah, they have no wings. They have minimal shooting, and they have bodies to throw against their two top, their two best players. That's why we've been able to, you know, beat them twice, twice already this year. And do we play them one more time? Yeah, we do. And that first game was bullshit because they were running out fucking every four. They like turned into like. The Mori Ball Rockets from three, where they and Kevin Love can't hurt us anymore. Yeah, Kevin Love did not hurt us. That was his best game of the season. I'm so pissed about that game. It really was his best game, hilariously. God, 24 threes. Fuck out of here. We beat them both times in New York, right? And then lost them in, yes, in Cleveland. Yeah, and and we like waxed them in New York that first time where it was just basically like they could not do get any offense off and the second time um was the Randall uh 37 points yeah I remember I uh I was convinced that I made a joke to my friend like that um the Cavs were playing the long game like they punted the game so that we wouldn't fire Tibbs because if you remember that was like one of the first fire Tibbs games like if they lost that game Mm -hmm. it was over um i think it came immediately after the mavericks game like Mm -hmm. literally the next day yeah um yeah oh what could have been how the season has (laughs) how the season has like absolutely flipped on its head since then it's really crazy yep and now we're thinking honestly credit credit to tips like stubborn guy obviously but dude like he sticks to his guns, and this team is – they have not stopped playing for him all season. That's – more than anything, that's a coach's job. So we're going to come on here and we're going to talk about stuff we don't like. You know, that's what we're here – that's part of what we're here to do. Um, But, I mean, I don't think there's any reasonable argument that Tibbs shouldn't be the coach right now. Like, I think that would be worse for the team than better, even if some things would change. So, you know – do I want him to keep evolving and hopefully he makes some changes? Yes. Um, do I think it's ridiculous that Brunson and Randall continue to play entire quarters together? Yes, I do. But the fact of the matter is we're a 35 and 27 team on a five game winning streak, top seven 
in net rating. So good on Tibbs. He deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. Yep. Sadly. <laughs> um. JL says the most assists RJ has had in the game was nine in the 11th game of his rookie year. It's crazy to me that he hasn't topped it once with his increased usage. Well, he looks more to score now with his, with his increased usage. He's just, he's looking more to score. So, you know, passing isn't something that has been passing has been something that we've been criticizing him for since his usage has increased. It's like, why aren't you passing more out of drives and stuff like that? So it's good to see him do it today. Hopefully, you know, he can continue to find that balance between the scoring and dishing um, going forward. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, that was perfect summation of it. I I agree. It's all about the balance. Um, And he did a great job of that tonight, and hopefully he keeps – I just hope that – he values process over results because somebody made a really good point on Twitter today. Um, They said that it really seems like when RJ's shot is falling, he expands his game, which is weird because, and it's true, but it shouldn't work that way. Like, like he was basically saying that like when his shot is off, he looks for his shot more, but when his shot is rolling, he looks to like be a more complete player and make the right reads. And it's like, I just I hope he sees how valuable this process is and how valuable it is to make the right reads, whether his shot is falling or not, because, you know, the thing about we always talk about him, the thing about Emmanuel quickly is it doesn't matter if his shot is falling. It's really hard for Emmanuel quickly to not be good in a basketball game because he's so process oriented, like those days of him, like pounding the air out of the ball and having these awful possessions are pretty much gone. Like they're, they're very far in, in between. So, you know, our quickly's defense is always going to be there. His efforts always going to be there. He was great on the glass again tonight, two blocks and a steal. Like it's just really hard for him to have a bad game. And RJ can do that too. He can put himself in a spot where it's okay if he goes one for nine, because he, he, only Randall creates what he, RJ creates. I love Jalen Brunson, but he doesn't have this. He does not have the ceiling in terms of initiating and putting pressure on the core of the defense, forcing that collapse and creating kickouts and creating the swings. RJ can do that. And he can put himself in a spot where it's okay if he starts a game one for nine because he's creating good offense. And it's okay if he starts a game one for nine because his defense is consistently there. That is on the table for him. And I just, I hope he sees that and he starts valuing that process because it's there for him. I, I, it's, I really think finding consistency is something that if he is able to find consistency, then like he's just going to be such a valuable player because he'll be able to do a little bit of everything. And it's like, as you saw tonight, he can score, he can also pass. I would like to see him get more active on the boards, but like, that's nitpicking at that point, but it's like if he could just do the little things that help this team win, then like feasibly speaking, like how much can you really stop this team? If he's just able to like pass out of drives and someone like Grimes is able to like really get into their flow again, you know? There's just such a high ceiling with him playing in that role. 
Yep. And the more willing passers we have on this team, the more we're able to force, you know, the collapse so we can get those swings going. What you just said is such a good point. Grimes was more involved tonight than he's been in weeks. He got more looks tonight than he's gotten in weeks. And a huge part of that was RJ being involved in the initiating. Grimes isn't going to get as many looks when Brunson's initiating because Brunson doesn't force those collapses. Brunson is a one-on-one maestro and he operates in the mid range. That is not conducive for a guy like Grimes, but RJ's style of play is conducive for a guy like Grimes. And so that's huge. It's, He's just a, he raises the ceiling of this team when he plays the right way and he plays good. Yeah. Yep. Great process all around from RJ tonight. I know that's one thing that we used to say all the time for, for quickly when he used to have like these dicey games, a good process from RJ. Hopefully he can continue to replicate it. Um, Jeff, we got some, we had some comments directed towards you. I don't know if you want to read these out loud. So we got this one from Severinks. He is someone that usually likes to leave comments the day after we upload live. Um, but here you go, Jeff. Um, hey, Frank Barrett. Of course, there were questions about whether Tibbs' system worked in the regular season because all of the fans want him fired all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I was saying that earlier you know, we have to see what happens in the playoffs, but I don't think it's like a crazy thing to point out that Tibbs is relative to his regular season success regressed in the postseason. Like, okay. Like you can't, you can't blame them losing to the heat in 2011 and you can't blame 2012 when Rose got hurt on him. And then 2013, that was a reclamation. They, they actually overachieved. They beat Brooklyn in seven when they were underdogs and Nate Robinson was their best player. And then they stole a game from Miami and Miami only to lose five. But after that, you have two really, really bad series against the Raptors and the wizards where they were home favorites in both. And they just got decimated. Um, And then, you know, you have a Minnesota team that I don't know what was going on there. And then you have the Knicks series against the Hawks and yeah, Mitch was out, but enough of these keep adding up and you sort of run out of excuses and you have to start trying to dissect why it is that Tibbs maximizes or approaches maximizing regular season wins, but then there's no adjustments and it's just underperforming in the playoffs. And I, I don't think that's unreasonable or or an outrageous thing to say. So um, thanks for the comment. Yeah. Or just his other comment because I thought it was not as nice. So I'm going to keep scrolling and finding a better comment to address. Um, let's see. Okay. Jordan Bubb says, mark this on the calendar for March 31st, Friday night. Probably gets this flexed onto ESPN, depending on how everything shakes out. Could be a battle for fourth seed at Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, we already got one of our games flexed. Um, the Kings game, um, it's gonna be on TNT, I believe. Um, instead of Nets versus Bucks, so we'll be watching. We'll be watching. Um, that's interesting. I really, there is a really good chance of the fourth seed. There's like a really good chance of the fourth seed because, like, I'm looking at the Cavs next couple of games and like. 
They play. They just got, they just lost the Hawks. They play the Raptors. They play the Celtics. Then they play the Celtics again. Like they play the Celtics twice in a week, and then they play the Heat twice. Like by the time they get to the Knicks, like that legitimately could be a battle for the fourth seed. If not, the Knicks might have some time up on them. So like. I don't know, man. The fact that the team ends up getting the fourth seed after all of the snark and slander, that would be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, especially with the the almighty fourth seed bit, like <laughs> that's that would just be it would almost be like a full circle moment. Um, yeah. And you'd also be like, they could have gotten the third seed if they got their head on their ass for the last, like, the first quarter of the season. Oh my, is back. We we also got uh we got flexed onto national TV. Uh, the Kings game got got flexed over the Nets Bucks game. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Nets man. That's really like I think people probably realize the Nets can't score, and now. Yeah, it, 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 it was it was fun. It was fun for those for those for all those people that are like, oh, the Nets, they're still going to be a playoff team. They're going to be fun. It's like, well, can they score the basketball? Because like the Bulls absolutely beat the brakes off of them the other day um, because they couldn't score the basketball. And if you can't score on the Bulls, that's probably an issue. Like they did their job against the Heat, but it took McAlbert just having the game of his life. So yeah. like. And also, one team who can't score is Miami. So, like, yeah, Miami can't score. Um, yeah. Well, I think they're 27th in offensive efficiency. Like, they are bad. Um, but, yeah, so, like, they have the Hawks, they have the Bucks, then they play us again, and the Celtics, like, I expect them to drop into the play. And they might honestly end up being, like, the eighth seed. So. That you would think be a they- fit. The Heat are going to be the eighth seed? No, I think the you know, Nets are. Oh, Jesus! I think I think the Hawks are better than them. I think um, the the Heat are better than them. So it wouldn't surprise me if they lost the play-in. Like they really cannot score, and like you can't build an offense in twenty games to complement McCall Bridges' lack of creation, unless you want to run Spencer Diddy, Spencer Dinwiddie ISOs. So. That's kind of where I'm at with that team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Knicks have a really good chance to, you know, make up some some space in this race. Um, you just think, man, if this team didn't get off to such a lousy start to start the year, where this team could be right now. They could be third. Yeah, possibly. Right. They, they realistically could have been third. Um, they have the, they have they're tied up the Sixers, so like it really could be a conversation. But oh, we play the Nets soon. Okay, yep. on Wednesday should be an interesting game at home. All right, chance to you know really make up some that's some that's a that's a chance to make up some real ground. And then we play Miami on Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's- time for the Knicks. Time for the Knicks to you know. Really, put up. If they could sweep that week, shut man, up. if they could sweep that week, I would be insufferable. Like <laughs> that would be a statement week. Like Celtics, Heat, 
Nets. Nets. Like, you basically, essentially, you basically, I think that would, like, damn near guarantee you out of the play-in. Because you'd have the tie break, like, you'd even up the series against the Nets. Mm-hmm. You'd have two games up on the Heat. you push the Heat even further into the, um... Play-in. Into the play-in. And the Nets are going to drop anyway. Like, they're already, they're already two and a half up on Miami. Like, there's a chance that they can legitimately be, like, four. So, that's, if they could win Monday, man, I feel like they sweep the week. I don't know. I just have to feel like, I feel like they sweep the week if they win Monday. They sweep the week and Julius Randle gets player of the week. Like, that's what I expect to happen. <laughs> It's not, okay. you know, let's, let's take it one game at a time here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 50 wins, we're back in the menu. God, that'd be, that'd be so wild. 50 wins would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, they got 35. 50 so you, wins. You go 15 and 5 the rest of the way? Uh, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. Man, I mean, here's the thing. If they go 15 and 5 the rest of the way with the strength of schedule that they're facing, they're going to be like legitimately favored, like betting favorites to win that first round series. Yep. Um man, they have a honestly, really nice end to the season though. They, honestly, like there's a chance they could flirt with the three depending on how the six years go. If they go 15 and 5 down the stretch. They're flirting with three. I Let's... mean, we did this one. We, we we did this once before, Tyrese, and you were you were way more right than I was. So uh, when we when we went through the schedule, and you were like, "No, nah, we, we got that. We got that. We got that game." And me and Sam were like, eh, "Like we 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 were definitely." I was dicey, man, because that was a that was a point in the season, like where like the team was still looking like really shaky in a lot of games. And like we just had lost Mitch, and I was just like, I don't see like where this confidence is coming from. But hey, I'm never wrong. Just mm, you're I'm wrong never, about some things. I'm never wrong. You're wrong about some <laughs> things. Exactly. It's okay. Mad, mad quiet. Exactly. Nothing else. You. What am I wrong about? Exactly. Don't worry. All right. I'll, I'll I'll get something by by night's end. <laughs> um, all right. So next game is against the Celtics on Monday. Um, at home should be a chance to you know. Is it is this is this is a chance to get a statement win? I know we beat the Celtics recently. Um, in Boston, on TNT. That's part of where, like, the Emmanuel quickly hype started to really gain some steam national media-wise. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a chance to, you know, make another statement win versus the Celtics. It won't be on national TV this time, but, you know, it's versus one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. Um, and, yeah, if you could get a win at home while you're trying to, like, gain some momentum towards the playoffs – you know, this is what it's all about. Um, yeah, and, you know, yeah, hopefully I mean, they could do that. They, you could make an argument that 
this game against the Celtics is like the game of the season because so far, because the Knicks have all the momentum and they're riding high. And this is like a show me game. Like how for real is this team? You know, can they Celtics are a really good team. They just went into Philly and won. And you guys were saying Tatum didn't even have his best stuff. Like Mm -hmm. that's how good the Celtics are right now. And if you say that the Knicks, you know, are going to be coming off, like if they beat the Celtics Monday night and you say that this is a team that's now won six games in a row and won two in a row against Boston, like how, how much longer before people, how, how much longer before people just acknowledge that this is a legitimately good team? I mean, I think we're already there, but I do think Monday night is not make or break it, but you want the team to show up and you want them to play well Monday night. Yep. And if, like, the ceiling is the roof from that. Cause, like, I feel like if that team, if they can beat the Celtics, man, then, like, I, thought, I think if they beat the Celtics, they sweep the league. Because I just kind of feel like the team's going to be riding so high that, like, it's going to be hard to put them down. And then you look past that week, it's Hornets, Kings, like, <sighs> I, I I don't want to Will Ferrell it. I don't want to Will Ferrell it and say we're going shrieking. But we're like we're halfway we're like halfway there. Like we're like shirtless. We're not fully naked, but like I don't know, man. I feel like we're on the precipice of some good some good time. Manuel quickly triple double off the bench on Brogdon's head, leading the Knicks to a win will be special. Oof. Need it. Really is. Speaking of make or break it, it is a big game for his six man of the year chances. You know, like he outplays Brogdon on, you know, in, in a Knicks win. Whew. Give me all that. Give me it. Yep. I'm here for it. I am definitely here for it. Um, all right. I think we'll end things off here. Shout out to everyone that joined us in the stream today. Shout out to everyone that came through, you know, enjoyed another Knicks win. Um, five in a row. We are heading into, no, we'll be at home versus the Celtics. Hopefully we can, you know, make it six in a row. Um, Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We're on our way to 1K subs. We have just recently surpassed 600. Um, everything Stricker related is in the description. We got links to everything. We got links to the site. We got links to the merch. We got brand new merch, brand new spring collection. Just dropped this past week. Definitely check out all the new stuff. And some of the older stuff that we have is still there. So, you know, we do have those as well. Make sure you guys check out our links to Patreon and Twitter. Great ways to support us and follow what we're doing. We're also on Instagram at the strict.land. Another great way to get your Knicks Strickland fix. All right. We will be back on Monday evening after the Celtics game. Hopefully the Knicks pull through with another win. 5-0 and oh in the Josh Hart era. Peace out, everyone. Enjoy your Sunday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.